The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IABG episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about mulch season. Now, I know a lot of you, if you're listening to this in real time, you're probably, depending on where you are in the country, you're probably still dealing with snow. Uh, but this is coming up on mulch season. You know, we're, uh, this is real time. I wanted to, to record this while it's fresh on my mind. It's towards the end of February here, and I like to start mulch early here in Midlothian, Virginia, Central Virginia area. I don't like to wait till March um, for mulch madness because then, you know, it's getting too close to mowing season here in the Central Virginia area. Things start warming up and grass starts growing and we got to be we got to be mowing. I don't want to be double di- double dipping and trying to mow, you know, 70 accounts, whatever it is. Even back years ago when, when I was by, it was even harder when I was by myself and I had to mow, you know, 40 accounts by myself in a week and then still had mulch to do, you know, like five, six, seven yard mulch jobs here and there that I had to squeeze in between whatever. And I know a lot of guys do that and I, I know that's what you got to do and that's the thing, but you know, I'm not getting any, not getting any younger for one thing. There's not a lot, a lot of the guys that are doing that are a lot younger than me. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, keep, keep my health and my, my physical health and mental health, um, high on, on my list so that I can be there for my family as long as possible. Um, in addition to financially, you know, so it's not just all about the money. So, um, I have to be work smart too. So, uh, I, I just found that over the years, it was a little crazy for me to try and just be doing everything as well as just doing anything that people wanted me to do, like on their schedule. Like I really had to establish my own schedule. And if that meant I missed out on some work, then I missed out on some work. But so, you know, what I do now is I just tell everyone in advance before the next season I sent, which I'm sure most people do something to that extent anyway, but I didn't, you know, when I started out for the first several years, I never, you know, was proactive, like, Hey, mulch season's coming around, coming up around the corner. Um, who wants mulch? You know, if you want mulch, you want to quote for mulch, let me know, reply to the email. Like that, that was never a thing. Like I, I, all I did was send an email out for, um, you know, mowing season is about to start. Your scheduled day is Tuesday. You know, we'll start, we'll see in a couple weeks, you know, something like that. Like, uh, that, that was really all the communication that I sent out other than, you know, sending out invoices and responding to problems, you know, Hey, we saw a copperhead in your backyard. Be careful. You know, like stuff like that. Um, there was, there was no other communication from a, from a, a services, a offering like a sales, a marketing perspective, you know, 
and what happened with that was people would just randomly contact me like throughout the spring, throughout the spring rush, right? I'm getting tons of calls for new, new work, new customers wanting to sign up for, for mowing and, you know, fertilization. And then maybe they want mulch or this or that, or they're just calling cause they just want mulch or they just want this, or they just want that, you know, cleanups or whatever one-time things. And I, I did it all. I just took it on as it came and I just did whatever I could. You know, I learned really fast about route density first couple of years trying to keep, you know, all of, all of the properties that I do work on closer together. So I'm not traveling all over town and wasting time and gas doing all that. So I, I was able to at least kind of, kind of nip that in the bud right, right away. But I was still taking on all kinds of random hodgepodge jobs that were in the same area. <laughs> but, you know, so at least I was close, but they were just random jobs at random times. So I'd be like mowing and then I'd have to run to storage or run to my house, whichever part first I was out of my garage and then it was in storage like I am now. And wherever I had to go, I had to go and swap out my stuff so, so, so I could get wheelbarrows and pitchfork and rakes and whatever if I'm doing mulch or get hedge trimmers and tarps and garbage cans if I'm trimming bushes. And it was a lot of hustle and bustle. And I just, I don't like that. I didn't like that then. And I, I thought maybe there was no other way maybe or something. And through social media and trial and error and find, you know, meeting other local guys uh, doing it and, and observing other companies doing things. I just realized that, you know, uh, I make the rules. I'm the boss. It doesn't have to be this, that way. It, it can be the way I want it to be. So now I'm proactive um, because I used um I think maybe I was nervous or hesitant about being proactive because I didn't want to get bombarded with too much work. I don't want to send an email out to 40 people saying, Hey, if you want mulch, let me know. And then 40 people say, yeah, give, give me some mulch. Now I'm spreading like a hundred yards of mulch, you know, like and try trying to anyway in like a month or something um, by myself. Like, you know, I'd be in the middle of summer before I'd be done because I'm mowing lawns at the same time. So I think I was probably intimidated by that. Um, but you know, by being proactive, at least you can prepare for it. So if I'm sending an email out, you know, end of January, beginning of February saying, Hey guys, we're going to start spreading mulch, you know, soon, you know, next week, you know, or so, you know, through, you know, meaning February through March or until mowing season starts until the grass needs to be cut, get on the, you know, so get on the list ASAP so that we can get you, get you taken care of. Or if you need a quote, you know, let, let us know. And then we can get you on the schedule and so on. Like, being proactive this way that people respond and I can start building up a list. All right, I'm up to 20 people, 30 people, whatever, you know, now I can start scheduling accordingly. All right, we got to jump on this right away. Like we got a lot of mulch to get through or, okay, we, you know, we only have like 15 people this year. Not, not a big deal. Now we can kind of pace ourselves and whatever, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. So being proactive definitely helps in a lot of ways. And I do that with every season change and I do that with aeration, leaves, so on and so forth. You know, all the main services that we offer, um, just, just like mowing, but I always did that with mowing, but you know, I, I still do with, with mowing. So that that's, that's what I do with mulch as well. So I did that and we're already mulching because I try to start early. Like I said, the, the time, the climate's a little bit more mild here and, uh, you know, we don't have as, we don't get a lot of snow. We don't have a lot of hard freezes. So, you know, everything's actually not everything, but certain trees are blooming already. I already have some pink flowers out there and, um, bulbs are popping, you know, a lot of perennials are, are, are popping up, um, and, uh, um, or annuals, whatever. I don't, I'm, I'm not a horticulturist, whatever, but there's certain plants that when the temperature, the soil temperatures 
get to the right like springtime level, they you know they start growing, they start popping up. Um, that's when you know spring is here, spring has come. So we're 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 right in the in, in the beginning stages of that. So I want to get a jump on the mulch. I feel like I'm actually a week behind. And this week has been rough because it's just been raining off and on like almost every day. So that's been challenging. I had big plans for this week to get a lot of mulch done and we only got a little bit of mulch done. So, I mean, at, at least we got some mulch done, but, you know, not uh, uh, not as much as I wanted to get. You know, we still have tomorrow or no, we don't. Tomorrow's going to be a, a washout. Sorry. <laughs> we still have Friday because it's Wednesday um, recording this. So uh, and, and then we're just going to keep keep getting after it all through all into March and hopefully get everything done before we start mowing. So, again, being proactive, will hopefully help that. Um, and uh, yeah, and we shouldn't be you know getting any kind of snow or anything anytime, you know, for the rest of the you know, we should be out out of the, the woods there with that. You know, you never know. Every now and again, we get a random snowstorm in March here in the Richmond, Virginia area. But. You know, it is what it is. If that happens, it happens. But we'll, we'll most likely have most of the mulch jobs done already anyway. And we, there won't be anything to mow either because, you know, the snow. But when that happens, then all of a sudden, as soon as the snow finally melts, the grass pops off like nutso. And you're like double and triple cutting. And then it's a hustle because of that. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But it is what it is. Can't control nature. All you can do is do your best to control the controllable, like being proactive, sending emails out early, like I did for mulch. Um and trying to jump on it, getting it scheduled and getting it done. You know, things are wet, things are muddy. You know, it's not always the best conditions as it would be in March when things are getting warmer and drier and yeah, you know, all that stuff. Birds are chirping, but you know, I want to get a jump on it. All the commercial properties are getting done already. That's kind of where I, I started to really get this idea from, these ideas from is, you know, the commercial properties have their own schedule. They do things a certain way, a certain time, and that's it. That's just the way it is. So why can't we do that for, for homeowners, for the, for residential properties? Like we can, we just need to own it. We need to be the boss. We need to tell our customers that, you know, that this is how it is. And there are some people, some really good clients of mine that still are like, Hey, you know, we, we get that, you know, you want to get everything done before mowing, but so can you just like put us like last, can we be like the last ones to get? So this way it's like as late into March as possible so that for whatever reason, I don't, I don't really even know. I don't even think anyone's ever even explained that. Honestly, they just, they just asked that question, but, um, you know, I don't know, maybe they just want they just want to wait a little bit longer so that hopefully it lasts a little bit longer or something. I, I, I again, I, I don't know what the philosophy is with that, but before I was being proactive and telling people that this is our only window for mulch, if you miss this window, I'm sorry, we won't be able to provide mulch for you. I have people that I can refer to you or you can you know find your own people or whatever. Um, but the, if you want us to do mulch, which people value the quality work that we perform at any service, specific, especially mulch, um, I charge a high rate for high quality that we perform. Uh, you know, mulch is mulch, but you can get bad quality mulch. We get good quality. We get high quality mulch. Everyone's happy with it. And uh, we do a good job spreading it. And details matter. Um, this is part of this episode here that I want to talk about, things that I learned. I'm a detail-oriented person to begin with, uh, but details matter, right? Everyone's spreading mulch. So, I mean, there's, 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 you know, mulch is mulch. You're not changing the mulch very much. Again, there is different qualities in mulch. So if, if you find the best quality of mulch, that's going to give you an advantage over anyone else that's not using that mulch. But even if everyone, even if you and someone else or everyone's using the same mulch from the same mulch yard or same bags of mulch from the same place, whatever your philosophy is there, <clears throat> that's another whole rabbit hole. But I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to touch on that on this episode, but I guess maybe I could real quick uh, in, in a few minutes, but 
wherever you're getting your mulch from, if you're all getting it from the same place, well, then where else are you going to separate yourself? Details. It's all about the details. Details matter. Customer service can be part of those details, like telling people, being proactive, uh, scheduling, you know, being accurate with the schedule, you know, coming, you know, following through on your schedule. Like those things are customer service, um, you know, gold, you know, people, people can't stand when they, when they don't know when you're coming, they can't rely on you or you keep rescheduling, you never show up, whatever, like blah, blah, blah. Like, um, <clears throat> that th those are, those are details that matter. The customer service huge that matters. Um, but also the details of the work, right. You know, like not just chucking the mulch everywhere and, and, um, getting it on the siding of the house. And now you've got like Brown, you know, Stri uh, streaks or something looks like somebody pooped on the on the siding or something you know or, or or black you know if you got black mulch like especially if it's a little bit if it's wet from rain or something like that's just crazy so um you got to be careful you you can't clean that stuff off you know you unless you get a rag and or you just get a hose and people shut their water off because if you're starting early and it's still technically winter and they haven't even turned the water back on and all that like it's, it's now just a mess now you've just got poop streaks all over people's siding and um their uh their you know their uh basement windows or whatever those things they're usually white so that's always a good time when you accidentally chuck a pile of mulch up on there and then you try and wipe it off and you just smear poop all over and it's like that just doesn't look good that's that's bad details right there um so like don't chuck it you know like or if you are going to chuck it be more uh careful you know i mean I, that's a novel concept right i don't know but details matter you know uh right there also you making sure that you're not spilling stuff all over the grass, right? Uh, you could spill stuff on the walkway accidentally and blow that off easily. Um, but if it's wet, you might get some more streaks on the walkway until it rains or whatever. And so that's going to look gross and, and not, not the highest professional looking uh, quality there, but in the grass, it's not so easy. Yeah. You can kind of blow it and spread it all out in the grass. You can definitely do that, but it's, it's not as easy and makes a little bit more of a mess. And sometimes you get junk back up in the mulch bed that you just, finished potentially if you're trying to clean it off then and so spilling some mulch in the grass is, is a detail that you know you need to pay attention to like don't do it and you know minimize it as much as you can and obviously clean up after yourself if you do accidentally do it making sure that all the mulch edges you know the edges from the grass to the mulch make sure that they're clean and and crispy uh, whether you're using a shovel you know to edge it or or using a bed redefiner from you know a brands like echo or steel that you can do it you know a power tool and you can do it quicker and easier it doesn't leave as clean and sharp of, of a look but it still gives a nice little trench there for the mulch to sit up sit into up against the uh you know separating it to, to the grass and it looks nice um and just make sure the mulch doesn't spill over doesn't leak over make sure there's that nice edge there a, de a defined edge when the mulch is done between the mulch and the grass that makes a big difference those are details that matter and then something that shouldn't even have to be said but for some reason it it always happens is clean up after yourself i mean even if you're perfect and you never spill a single drop of mulch anywhere on the property you know when you're wheeling it back and forth and you're scooping it out of the wheelbarrow or buckets or whatever you got um, and you never get anything on the walkway, the driveway or the grass or anything like that. It's perfect. Well, guess what? No matter what, there should most likely be a little bit of mulch spillage somewhere around your trailer or dump truck or whatever, whatever the mulch 
wherever you're getting the mulch, especially if it was dumped on the street, then there's going to be that base layer, like almost like a stain, depending on how wet it was, or if you didn't put a tarp down, there's always going to be some sort of residual crumbs left from some somewhere, wherever you got it from. You know, you could put tarps down. That's going to help minimize it, obviously, but there's always going to be some spillage. So just blow that off, you know, spread it out. Hopefully there's a mulch bed close by. You can blow it back into the mulch bed or um, you can just kind of blow it just depending on how much it is. You know, you can, if it's just a little bit, you know, you just spray it, spread it kind of back into the street a little bit, just blow it off. So it's not like a condensed stain looking pile there. You know, if it's just a bunch of dust, just kind of blow it, blow it off. Just like you would be doing when you're mowing a lawn, right? You know, don't just leave the grass. I mean, a lot of people do actually, I would just drive by and see random patches of grass just left from whatever, you know, and you could tell that, that that was right by the trailer or somewhere and they just didn't bother to blow it off. Maybe they didn't see it and it was a genuine accident, but be thorough. Details matter. That's what separates you, you know, grass, cutting grass, cutting grass, spreading mulch, spreading mulch. You're not doing anything astronomically different than the next person other than your details. That's what matters. Cleaning up. The, 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 you know, clean edges, um, good quality mulch, obviously just like good quality mowing, you know, sharp blades, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's, you know, that's going to give you good quality, but it's all about the details. So where am I going with that? Uh, let's see. I was just trying to make the point of my quality standards of mulch. I price high, I have high quality. Um, so I, I don't get a ton of people that say yes, like out of all the, you know, the 70 something emails I sent out, you know, I did only got, I didn't even get 50% of a return rate yet. Um, I'm sure a lot of partly or a lot because people know my pricing, you know, and then they, they know one, they're going to get what they pay for, but two, maybe it's just not in their budget. You know, I'm, I'm not the cheap guy driving around with mulch in the back of my pickup truck you know, that's squatted and scraping up along the top of the tire because there's too much weight in my F-150 or something, just driving around looking for someone that needs some cheap mulch, you know, just making a quick buck for, you know, 50, 60 bucks a yard. And meanwhile, they paid like 20 or 30 for it. I, I you know, I don't, the math doesn't, it doesn't add up, you know, to me, but whatever. So, um, I've been there, done that, learned a lot. I, I was, way under pricing when I first started eight years ago, because I didn't know anything. You start off, you don't have any mentors, no one to tell you what to charge and why, what are you going to do? You just try and figure it out. So, but I quickly learn and raise my prices and, 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 and all that. I always perform the same quality of work, but I was basically working for free, you know, because I wasn't making any kind of profits because I wasn't charging right. So now I charge high with high, um, outcome, high, um, uh, results, very high quality results. So, uh, anyway, details matter. Uh, I'm pretty sure I lost my original point (laughs) that I started with, but, uh, I, I started, I continued into some topics that I wanted to talk about for mulch season and basically my, my progression, I guess, over the last eight years of all the experience of, of, uh, spread mulch. I just went, kind of went through a whole bunch in a 17 minutes there. But, um, you know, there's, there's some more things that I wanted to share. Um, you know, like details is really the big, really the big one right there, because when you focus on the details, you can, you can charge more because you have better results. You have uh, higher expectations. People have higher expectations of you. They're happy with your work. They're going to promote you, uh, everywhere. So it's, you know, you start to get a reputation and, and that, that's how you get to charge more and, and, and also get better 
better clients um, so that you don't have to make any kind of sacrifices, you know, with pricing or anything like that, um, working in neighborhoods you don't want to or whatever. So pricing will definitely filter people out. We'll, we'll separate the tire kickers, I guess you'll, you, you know, you can say of people, um, it just really filters that they filter themselves out because they don't want to pay certain, certain, you know, they're looking for the guy in the pickup truck driving around, you know, trying to, uh, just make a quick buck for, for, for pretty cheap, you know, but I'm, I'm not that guy. So, and, and again, I've, I've learned that over time. I, I, I learned to be proactive every season beforehand, like I, like I mentioned earlier, um, and, and so that I can kind of get, get, get ahead of it, not be, not be, um, be run by, by my, by my customers, like, you know, and just doing it whenever they feel like it, it's like, Hey, this is, this is when it's going to happen. And, and you either take it or leave it. Um, and I think that's one of my original points that I was trying to say and where, where I went down a bunch of rabbit holes about details is that, you know, the people, people that want me to do it, you know, because they know that, that I give high quality work. I focus on the details. They, they make sure they sign up in that time frame that, that I give them versus just going to get someone else to just get mulch spread. They don't really care whether it's me or not. They just want, want fresh mulch. Like there's still people like that, that I have, but you know, and that's fine. And those are, that's probably the people that haven't responded because they're like, no, I want to wait till like April, you know? So for whatever, again, for whatever reason, I, I don't understand why you would want to wait it, to me. I would think you'd want to be the first one on the block to have fresh new mulch. Like I just, I did my yard first. Like I have a whole new mentality this year. Um, normally my house is last because I'm just running and gunning, scrambling, stressed out, trying to get all of my paying quote unquote paying customers done first. Right. Cause they're paying. So they come first and my house comes last. Then I feel like my, that means my, my house is my family. So does that mean my family comes last? Like that doesn't sound right. That, that doesn't line align with my, my moral values and, and why I'm doing all this. So screw that. Like I'm, I'm, you know, rethinking the game with that. Like, no, my house, my family comes first, screw everybody else. Yeah. They, they're paying, but my family's paying for me, not putting them first. So I'm putting, putting, I'm putting them all first. So I did, I I've been doing everything first. We trimmed my house was the first bushes to be trimmed. I didn't trim a single customer's bush until, uh, uh, shrubs until ours were, were done. No one had pre-emergent put down until mine, my yard was taken care of. And my yard was the first one to have mulch. It's probably going to be the first one to have stripes laid down too. Um, so all these things, it's going to be my house first, not, not last. So no more of that stuff. So any rate, um, again, you would think people would want to be like, I, now I, I look at my house and it looks amazing. Like, you know, the grass isn't super green and, and lush yet because it's still cold and things are starting to green up and warm up and all this rain is definitely going to help. Next week, we'll see a lot more green ups from all this rain and warmer temps this week. Uh, but the mulch looks phenomenal and the bushes look great, right? The bushes were trimmed before you put the mulch down and it's all good. Like everything looks, looks spiffy. So once everything greens up, it'll be 100% ready to go first on the block. So I, I don't know why people want to wait is, is, is why I was saying all that. I, I don't, I don't get that, but you know, you, you would think you want to be the first one, one of the first ones to, to be ready to, to have your spring look already fresh and ready to go, but whatever. So the, the people that didn't contact me are those people that want to wait. And I said, I'm not going to wait. So they're just going to find someone else or they already had someone else and they're happy with their someone else that does that kind of stuff. And I do everything else for them. And that that's fine too. I, I like those loyal people that are loyal to me and other people versus just like saying, forget about me and, and, and 
you know, jump from place to person to person. I get rid of, I find those people and get rid of them as quickly as I find them. So, um, or as, as quickly as they found me, I guess. Um, so, but anyway, that's that. Some other things that I've learned along the way with, with uh, mulch, mulch season, different types of tools, different types of techniques. Um, I've learned really, you know, and I'm sure a lot of you already know this too, so this isn't going to be anything new necessarily, but it's, it's kind of one of those things that there's no one tool or one size fits all for, for mulch. Like every mulch situation, every, every um, section of mulch, every property has a, a different situation. If it's a wide open mulch area, well, then you deal with it one way. You just, for me, I would wheelbarrow right to that large area and dump as many piles as I need to dump that I, that I feel will, will be able to fill that whole area and spread it out with a rake. Um, you know, some people use leaf rakes that, you know, I mean, that's nice to kind of fluff the top level after you're done. If you want to do that, I've, I've seen people do that. I haven't personally done it, but I have seen people use a leaf rake kind of like as a finishing rake to kind of fluff everything up. Cause especially if you're like, well, if it's a big mulch bed, big open bed and you're walking around in it and what, I mean, you should always work from the back and, and, and work to the front. So this way you're not walking constantly or rolling wheelbarrows constantly over the mulch. You know, you start from the back and work your way to the front so that you're never stepping back into the mulch that you just put down. But in the event you have to or you didn't know that or whatever, you don't want to do that, you can use a leaf rake to kind of lightly, you know, you flip it over upside down so that the, the you know, the, the hands, the claws, whatever, the tines aren't aren't down like you're actually trying to rake up leaves. You know, you flip it over the other way so it's more smooth. And But it's just the way it is. You can just kind of... Fl- lightly kind of drag it all over you know the, the the top layer of the mulch and it kind of fluffs it up gives it a nice uniform look so there's that I, I i again i don't do that i don't think that's necessary if you spread it properly then and you don't trample over it then you don't have you don't have to worry about that but um so i, I use uh iron rakes rock rakes whatever whatever is the right term that you want to call it basically they're um you know like a hard metal iron rake that it, it, it's, it's meant for like raking dirt and rocks and heavy duty stuff. It's not, you know, they don't bend. They're not flexible. They're not going to break like, like a leaf rake. Um, and they're not even shaped like a leaf rake. So that's what I use to spread mulch because I can, you know, really, you know, mulch can get heavy sometimes if you have a big pile and you can really fling it around, move it, push it, spread it really easily with those rakes. Uh, so, so that, that's what I, that's normally what I use in the large, bed areas, open areas, the ones that are more tedious and have a lot of bushes and trees everywhere. And you got to get in between all the nooks and crannies. You can either use your hands or, um, what I have started doing this year for whatever reasons I, I waited till now. I don't know. I knew this existed, but for some reason I never bothered to buy any of, uh, of them to try to use them. But if you use a pitchfork or it's actually called a manure fork, a 10-tine manure fork um, with the long handle, not not the ones that you're supposed to really be scooping, like the big heavy-duty, I don't even know if it's 10-tine, I think it's more than, than 10, but like I have a hu- an actual pitchfork or manure fork, they call them. It's meant, you know, it's huge, wide scoop meant for you to scoop, you know, dirt, manure, mulch, you know, big, big quantities of it at a time to dump into your wheelbarrow. I have one of those heavy duty lifetime warranty, all, all, all steel welded one of those just for the scooping part of, of the mulch. When we have like big piles in the street for the bigger properties and whatnot, 
Um, you know, we'll use that plus a shovel because when you get down to the to the bottom, to the end of it, to the bottom of the pile, you know, the the the, the manure pitchforks, you know, the, it, it's a fork, so you, you can't get the last little bits because it just falls through. It's only good when you have the big piles and the, the mulch just kind of all clumps together. So the shovel is to kind of get the last. You know, as you're get winding up um, the, the the pile, or you're kind of sectioning off the pile, or whatever, you use the shovel to kind of scoop up the the last bottom layers there. Um, so you have a nice shovel, whether it be just a plastic shovel, snow shovel, whatever, or you know, a metal shovel. You know, that you would use for dirt and gravel and things. I try to be as versatile as possible, so I just kind of have one shovel that I would use for everything. So I've got a nice metal. Um, heavy duty shovel that I can use for anything from not that I shovel rocks very often, but you know, if I ever needed to, or, or uh, dirt or anything, I've definitely done some things over time, one-offs for some good clients. When we had time, it's good to have a shovel that you can use for anything. A plastic shovel is going to break in some situations or whatever. So anyway, um, so that's that. Uh, but the, the other pitchfork that I'm talking about, the manure fork, I believe it's called just to give right context, if you want to look into this stuff, it has a long handle and it's not meant for you to really be shoveling the mulch out of anything or off of anything. It's really just meant for you to spread with it. So you take that with you with the wheelbarrow in, into the, up to the mulch bed and you use that to spread the mulch because it's got a long reach. So when you got to get to a back, like in between bushes and trees to the back of the bed, you don't have to kind of shove your way through there with a handful of mulch as it's falling everywhere and whatever. And you do that, you have to do that two to three times more because you can only hold so much in your hands than you would with this, you know, this ten tine or whatever uh, manure fork. Um, you can have a pretty good thick scoop there and spread it all out in, in a larger area. So that's less trips back and forth. And, and it's, it's a long handle so you can really get up underneath things and in between things and get a good reach. Uh, without getting in there on your hands and knees practically uh, do with the mulch. And you can use that same, you know, 10-tine uh, manure fork to spread. In instead of now having to get the rake to spread, you can just use that. So it's, it's basically a two-in-one for, for me now. Like, I could just use that to spread the mulch, you know, uh, take it and chuck it, fling it, pile it, spread it, whatever, um, and, uh, and just... If there's already a big pile dumped, you can just use that to spread. Just spread it around nice and easy. Um, so that's a super versatile tool. I don't know what the heck, why I never bought one. I'm like kicking myself. You know, the whole time I was, we were using it today. Actually, we were using it yesterday. I bought one because I thought about it last year. And for whatever reason, I didn't get it last year. Um, you know, every year I try to get something, whether it's a, you know, the, the pitchfork that I had that wasn't the big manure one. It was just like a traditional six tine or whatever um, pitchfork. It was heavy duty, but it had a wooden handle and those wood handles eventually rot, crack and break. And that's pretty much what happened. And I was just kind of duct taping it together, basically. And I just finally got sick of it always like falling out in the mulch, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So um, uh, that's what I used to shovel the mulch all the time. So I finally just got rid of that and bought the lifetime warrants, like probably like 80 bucks or something for this thing. It's crazy expensive, but it's all steel, welded, lifetime warranty, heavy duty, and now never need to replace that again. So that's that's what we use to, to shovel the mulch, uh, along with the with the actual shovel. 
Learn all about Toro's full line of battery-powered Revolution Series products at revolution.toro.com or click the link tree in the episode description and get you there fast. Now, I've been using the 21-inch commercial uh, mower, the battery-powered mower, and it. let me tell you, I've, I've used it the entire season, and it's a great mower. It's 21 inches, so it's small, compact. It's good for all like the small, tight areas, typically the backyards. Uh, we have a couple of properties with like the raised uh, sections of the backyard where you have to basically pick the mower up to get it up there to mow you know, a decent-sized section of lawn. Like decent, I mean by decent sized where you don't want to trim the whole thing because it won't really look look as nice and and clean cut obviously as a mower so we always need like a 21 or 22 inch uh, mower on on our setup in the trailer on the ramp rack whatever so that we can have that for that property and any other properties that we may want to use it for to get into those small gates and those tight areas and so on and everyone goes to the 21 inch battery powered commercial mower by Toro because it's light enough weight like I said to lift it up but it's super powerful cuts through anything it's fast what I really like about it is that it's got this technology where there's two uh, basically two speed controls there's auto or max so if you turn it on max then it's full speed full blade speed and full auto pace speed so the uh, transmission the drive tires are going to go faster but the battery will run out faster that way as well so what I tell all my guys to do is stick with auto so this way what it does is it stays in a lower speed blade speed and uh, drive speed until it needs to pick it up say you're going uphill or you're getting into thicker taller grass it will automatically sense that like the the extra workload and it will pick it up into the max speed automatically without you switching uh, the, the lever, uh, the switch. It just automatically goes up. And then once you, you know, get up the hill or clear through that, you know, maybe you turn around uh, to go in your next pass and you clear that thick area, it goes back down to the lower speed. So this way it prolongs the life of the battery, which we normally uh, go through one battery a day. It comes with two batteries, so we always have one fully charged up in the truck uh, or the trailer. Um, I always charge one overnight. I just take it home with me since I'm the owner of the business, and I just pop it in the, the charger in my garage, and the next morning or later that night, if I uh, remember to grab it, I take it out, and this way I have it ready for the next day, and we just swap them out basically every day. Some days we don't even go through a full battery. It just depends on obviously how many backyards we use it for but it's it's a great mower everyone loves it i love it it's built like a tank but it's so small and compact and it's just really uh, easy to use but you you feel like you've got a heavy duty mower and you're not sacrificing the power because the power is there the battery lasts like i said a, a whole day you know we're not using it on every yard you know we've got 15 to 16 yards a day we're not using it on every backyard but we definitely use it enough to drain the battery i'd say maybe we use it for maybe you know uh, five to, to eight or nine yard backyards here and there. Sometimes if it's too wet, we have to do a little bit more and so on. But I know that's the go-to mower for everybody uh, that, that, that I have on my team. And it's, it's just a great, a great mower. Uh, and Toro offers obviously other mowers. This year they came out with uh, the Grandstand and the Z-Master all on the same platform that you trust, just supercharged with the innovative hypercell battery system like I was talking about. And it's equipped with the Horizon 360 business management software that you can work smarter, not harder. 
So make sure you go ahead and check uh, the episode description, click on the link tree, and you can go right to the revolution.toro.com website and check it out. You know, so every year I try to get something else, you know, to an upgrade or a replacement. And for whatever reason, I just didn't get this, this other thing, this 10 tine, you know, um, manure fork or whatever. I, I, I just didn't, didn't get it. I don't, I don't know why I didn't get it last year. Maybe because I was just trying to be on a budget, be fiscally responsible. But, um, at any rate, I got one this year because I really wanted one and I thought that it would be beneficial. I didn't get it last year. So I got it this year. I'm like, I'm not getting anything else this year for mulch. So let me just get, I already have a whole bunch of things that have accumulated over time that I haven't even rattled off yet. Um, but so let, let me get this and add to the list. So I got it. We used it yesterday. And, you know, the, my, my main employee that I have, he was like, man, we need you. We need to get another one of these. Cause like, we were like fighting over practically, like trying to, you know, no, I want to use it. No, I want to use it. Well, I need to use it more, you know, stuff like that. So I just went and got, got another one today. So now we each have one. So we're happy. And we are just, that's, that's our tool of choice. Like we bring that in a wheelbarrow full of mulch and we can just tackle anything. We can do the wide open mulch beds by dumping big piles and then spreading it with that. Or we can just um, tediously scoop and, you know, squeeze in between bushes and trees and dump and spread, you know, here and there with that. And the best thing is we're not hurting our back. We're not straining our backs as much either because it's got a long handle. So if you're staying there spreading, you're not having to bend over. Like typically when you're using your hands, you're always in a, in a half bent position. That's the worst position to be for your lower back. Like it's fine for one, for one thing. You reach over, grab something light and you're done. But to be in that position constantly and, and holding some weight, you know, like mulch and constantly like chucking it, flinging it you know, spreading it down lightly in some areas or whatever sensitive areas like that is just straining your back. And by the end of the day, your back is killing you. It's screaming. You know, I see guys with weight with, um, like a lumbar support, you know, braces and things on to help with their lower backs, which that's also a good thing to have. But if they just had better posture and didn't stay in that bent position so much, use the right tools, they wouldn't need that as much. You know, maybe their back is just already shot and there's no hope anyway. So they just need that to help support their backs. I get that too, but they could make it easier for themselves by using the right tools. And and this is, is the right tool for that because you don't have to bend over constantly spreading mulch with your hands. You can always be upright unless you're just trying to like lean over a bush or something or trying to reach in the back of something temporarily. You know, that's, that's few and far between, you know, you're not doing that constantly. You're not in that position continuously because you're spreading mulch like that with your hands. So that was like, man, holy cow. Like, how did we get by without this this whole time? What the heck is wrong with me? You know, I I can't believe I went this long without such a simple tool. You know, I mean, it was like 60 bucks. It's not cheap. You know, you get a nice heavy duty one so it doesn't break. They stay away from the wooden handles. All the wooden handle stuff is no good. No bueno because it, they rot and they break. They crack and crumble and break over time. You have to replace it. So, I mean, these other other things, the metal handles, welds, all this stuff, the lifetime warranty will never break. But the other one that I, the ones that I got are not lifetime warranty or anything like that. But they are, I think, professional grade or something is called, aka heavy duty or whatever. So, you know, they're metal. It's all metal. But there's a couple of different pieces attached to each other. So there's, there's some room for things to break eventually, but a lot less than a wooden handle, um, we'll say. So, at any rate, it's uh you know it it the, the tools matter because it, it's gonna it's gonna make it things quicker and more efficient. Mulch is labor intensive 
in general. So you don't need to make it even worse. And with that being said, uh, a, a great person named Nick Carlson, who I've become good friends with over the years, has created many tools, additional tools beyond just a rake and a shovel and a pitchfork uh, to, and, and to, to enhance your mulch experience, your mulch spreading experience, to make it more efficient, have less labor, you know, in today's day and age where it's almost impossible to find and keep good people, good, good labor, uh, and a labor, such, such an labor intensive service, like spreading mulch, like it's, it's just, you know, that's, that's rough. Uh, and, and, you know, you, when you can't find enough people, it's, it's even more rough. So Nick with mulch mate created or Nick with Dawson manufacturer, uh, manufacturing came up with all these different tools for mulch, like AK mulch mate was the first thing he came out with. And then truck mate, which is a smaller version. These are things that you can attach to the back of your truck, um, that, basically conveys whatever material in this case mulch but it could be you know small gravel um, dirt uh, things like that but we're talking about mulch can convey mulch back towards the end of the truck and it goes through that through that machine the big one or the small one and it just conveys the mulch right into your wheelbarrow which is right on the side you know where the opening is for you to, sh to, to be ready to fill up your your uh uh wheelbarrow so this way you don't have to sit there someone doesn't have to be in the in the back of the truck or trailer constantly shoveling stuff out into wheelbarrows and then you know hopefully you switch off from time to time because it gets tiring and that hurts your back as well especially if you're not bending with your legs right and all this you know that that's really gonna uh mess up your back a lot more also all these things mulch really really wears you down physically especially your lower back if you're not doing things right using the right tools bending with your knees and so on. So keeping your back straight and so on. So using mulch mate or truck mate helps relieve some of that because you, now you don't have to shovel anything anymore. It just shoots itself right into, into the wheelbarrow from, from your truck. Um, so that's cool. <clears throat> I have truck mate. I eventually got one of those and that's a game changer. You know, the only caveat with that is uh, I can only hold four yards of mulch in my pickup truck bed, but I can hold four yards of mulch in my pickup truck bed, right? I mean, you know, I've got a, a 35, a Ram 3500. So it's a heavy duty, full ton truck with a payload of over 7,000 pounds, which includes the passengers in the truck. But, you know, I mean, I, you only have one or two people in addition to myself at any given time. So it's more what's in your truck bed. And I have an eight foot bed. I have a long bed. Crew cab, long bed. So I've got the maximum of everything for that truck. Uh, it's gas. Um, so it's the maximum payload, maximum tow for gas. You know, if you get diesel, then it steps all that up a little bit more. Um, but the suspension, all that would still be the same. So I can get four yards. I can, you know, I've got sides up on, on that I put up for mulch season on my truck, just like people do on their trailers. And I can put four, four, yard, four heaping yards of mulch in there. Got my truck mate on the back. I mean, yeah, my truck mate on the back. I thought I said mulch mate for a second there. Got my truck mate on the back, and we just convey either side, whichever's whichever side's closer and more convenient to get your wheelbarrow up. Push the button, boom, just all pours into the wheelbarrow, and you just haul, haul off to the next mulch bed. You come back and do it all over again. And this way, you never have to actually touch the mulch, like in a stressful way. You know, I mean, you might be, you know, controlling it, you know, whatever, like making sure it's all getting in the wheelbarrow, whatever, blah, 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 stuff like that, you know, cleaning it off of here or there, you know, like brushing it off or something. But I mean, you're not, you're not 
you know, with a shovel or a pitchfork or you're not jumping in the truck and doing all that stuff. Maybe at the very end, there might be a little bit of spillage and you're like, oh, there's a little pile here. It fell off. Let me get that. But that's nothing. And that's not like you're not doing that for the whole four yards um, in, in, in the truck. Um, or, you know, if you have a big truck, the whole 20 yards, you know, or a trailer or something, the whole 10 yards. So that makes it a lot easier. So I got that. So that's cool. Um, so that, that really comes in handy for the smaller yards, but I do have bigger yards and the bigger yards we get, you know, like five yards or more, um, technically I can have delivered, but I'm talking bigger yards for me is like 10 yards of mulch or more. I get those delivered. Uh, they just put a big pile in the driveway or on the street, depending on where all the mulch beds are. If there's big mulch beds all the way in the back, we'll try and get the pile dumped on the driveway so that we can just have quicker access kind of like central location to all the mulch beds. Um, but sometimes we just put it on the street. If, if it's, you know, a smaller yard, smaller, uh, like grass wise or whatever, if there's less of a difference, but still a lot of mulch beds. Um, so we just dump in the street. Maybe, maybe that the driveway is not really conducive to put it there because people need to get in and out of their garage with their cars or whatever. So, you know, you talk to your, to your clients, you figure out where's the best place to put the mulch on the street or the driveway preferably it's what you want versus what they want. And hopefully they'll be okay with it for the day or whatever, half a day, couple hours that you're going to have it there and they can park in the street or something temporarily maybe. So, um, so you do, we do that. So then you still got a shovel so that that's, that's where you still end up having a shovel when you have in the street. There's um, other than if you get a dingo or something, you know, you rent a dingo or a skid steer with a bucket and you just scoop the mulch that way and just, ride it to wherever your destination is, but then you risk tearing up the turf. If you've got tracks, even if you got tires, sometimes those can be rough on the grass. So, you know, there's no perfect scenario with that. But the next step that Nick came out with is Cartmate because, okay, he's like, so he eliminated, you know, shoveling out of trucks and trailers anyway. Um, but what about the wheelbarrowing? You know, you still have to have a, a regular wheelbarrow, um, you know, next to the, mulch made or truck mate that the mulch is pouring in there and then you got to push the wheelbarrow off or up a hill, whatever, you know, it's still labor intensive right there. So he came up with Cartmate, which is an, a wheelbarrow attachment to any mower. You just have to get a universal hitch for your specific mower um, that I'm not sure if he's carrying those yet, um, but I know that he knew there's already another company detach not no, no uh, affiliate or no sponsorship there or anything, but um, detach has, has a whole bunch of different front attachment uh, tools for your, for any mower, because there's universal mounts that you can get like, like a hitch receiver basically is what connects all these, these uh, front end attachments um, to any mower, any mower, you know, every, any frame type, you know, you just pick what mower you have and they have the kit already to go for that particular mower um, that you can fit to it and then you can attach whatever attachment you want. So with that, when you have that for your mower, you can easily attach Cartmate. So Nick didn't need to reinvent the wheel here. He just invented Cartmate to go into the universal attachments, you know, the receiver, uh, the, the hitch receiver that you can get or already have from, from detach. So that's what I did. I had to get both cause I didn't have either. So I got both and then now I have it on the front of my grandstand and it's, a, it's a, it's a huge, um, I forgot the, the exact cubic inches, but it, it's, it's like the biggest double wheel wheelbarrow that you can have basically is the amount. I think even more than that technically, um, can go into cartmate. So it's a big, big bucket. Um, 
big tub, whatever it's called. And it's got two big front caster wheels. So they just spin around 360. So you can just turn any direction with your mower and the thing will just swing around and go front, forward, backward, side to side, right along with you. Wherever the mower goes, it will just easily turn and pivot and go with you right in the front. And uh, it's got this this cool um, patented, what makes it really unique is the articulating knuckle is what Nick calls it, which is right after the connection uh, on the hitch receiver there when it's connected to the mower that makes it able to makes the wheelbarrow able to move in any direction to adjust the contours of the terrain right because it's not like you're just riding up and down a street or a driveway you have to actually go into where the beds are you have to go on the yard you know maybe through some woods or something maybe or into the woods or whatever so you, you, we all know that those things aren't flat you know you're mowing lawns and you're bumping around and there's a little hill here and there and whatever a dip here um so you know the 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 uh, you don't want the mulch to spill over so it, it all articulates so it basically keeps it level the whole time and those big huge front caster wheels really help absorb any of the any of the bumps and keeps it stable as well and rolling smooth and you get to the bed and you just go over and you just lift it just like a wheelbarrow it just kind of like um it's it, you know there's you unhook a pin that keeps that separates uh, separates it from the frame, the back of it, I guess, from the frame, the front of it obviously still has to be attached to the frame, right? So it can pivot up like a hinge, but you just unpin the back part so you can lift it up and dump all the mulch or some of the mulch, however much you need into the mulch bed. And you just keep it moving. You just rinse and repeat. And this way you're not pushing, especially uphill. When I saw Cartmate came out, when I first started eight years ago, I had a whole bunch of yards that were, their backyards were all uphill. And I had to, and, it, and that was where the most of the mulch was. And it was so exhausting. I'm by myself and I'm pushing five yards, six yards, seven yards worth of mulch up this hill to these big beds in the back. And I'm like, holy cow, it take, it literally take me the whole day just because I had to take so many breaks. I, had, I went a lot slower as the day progressed. Of course, it's always an 80 degree day. First thing in spring when, when you just happen to have these kind of yards that you're dealing with and you're sweating buckets and you're like, holy cow, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a way that I can like motor motorize this stuff up this hill without like renting a machine like a dingo or which I did that too because I got so frustrated that there was no front attachment there were no powered wheelbarrows there was no way to uh have a pow to, to power wheel you know to power mulch up a hill you just had to push it by hand and it was brutal you know, as, as any of you would, will know if you've done it over and over again. So then I started renting like for the big, I had like a 20 yard property at 20 yards of mulch. Like, holy cow, was that a beast? I started renting a dingo, Toro dingo for that, you know, taking me a whole day to, you know, but what I would do is I'd go around with the dingo and I would just scoop, you know, like each scoop of the dingo was basically the size of like a normal, like what, six cubic or something, um, wheelbarrow or something one one wheeled wheelbarrow it was like equal to that and i would just drive that all over the place and dump as much as i possibly could as much as i could possibly get to with and still having to be careful so i don't tear up the turf you know i tried tracks i tried wheels again this is why i know no matter what's going to tear up the turf wheels are going to be better obviously but they're still tough it's still a heavy machine you got to be careful you kind of have to go straight in and straight out or go at you know like like straight angles you know you got to like 
pick your spot and go before you get on the turf. Don't try and turn this way or that way while you're on the grass because you're going to tear it up no matter what you got, tracks or wheels. Obviously, tracks will be worse if you don't know that. So, But, you know, that's something I did, and that really helped out with that yard. I don't have that yard anymore. I don't have to worry about it. But if I did, I would just just use Cartmate now. I wouldn't even bother renting a a dingo or anything like that. I would just use Cartmate because now that solves that problem. It fills that void because that wasn't there eight years ago, you know. So I just had to tough it out and, like I said, use the dingo for the real big yards, um, but the other ones, I just went up the hills and, you know, just did the manual way, but little by little, some powered wheelbarrows started coming out like battery powered wheelbarrows and Cartmate came out right around the same time. And I was like, Oh, thank you. So now I have Cartmate so we can zip right on along. So now we can pull the Cartmate up, ride the Cartmate up. Right up to the truck mate, fill it up, you know, push a button, all the mulch pours in there and then drive on off to the mulch bed. So literally the only manual labor that's left is the spreading, which that's fine. Because if you have this new tool that I didn't buy for some reason for so many years, (laughs) um, you know, if if you have the right tool like that, you don't have to bend over. You can just stand up straight. It's long handle and you just put it down there and you just rake away. You just, I mean, you just spread away. You use it as like a rake and you just spread out the mulch, scoop and squeeze in little spots here and there and dump and spread and all that. And you're good to go, you know, pace yourself, don't rush. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. A couple other last minute pointers. Don't, uh, I also have other wheelbarrows too, by the way. I mean, like I started with all the basic stuff, you know, like one random pitchfork, the one that eventually broke and rotted and everything you know, one wheelbarrow. Then I got the dual, I had the single wheel metal with wooden handle wheelbarrows, which I would not recommend either. Cause again, wood, wood is not now maybe, but traditionally wood is cheaper. If you've got, if you have a wheelbarrow with wooden handles, it's typically cheaper than the exact same wheelbarrow with metal handles, just because metal is usually more expensive and it's more durable, more heavy duty, but that's what you want to get. So again, I didn't know any better. I, th- I think that wheelbarrow might've been like from my house, like a homeowner wheelbarrow. I don't know. I might've bought it right when I first started cause I needed something to do mulch. So I got the cheapest one I could possibly find and it sure is cheap and it's fallen apart so many times. I've kind of pieced it back together and bought random parts from other things to, to make it work and blah, blah, blah. So I still have that single wheeled wheelbarrow because it's the smallest one single wheel. You can still get through some tight situations. You can get through some beds that you can't normally um, get in with, with your, with, with the bigger wheelbarrows. So it still comes in handy for that, but for the straight and going up hills, you know, again, I've got Cartmate. So I try to use Cartmate for all the stressful stuff, all the hills and the long distances. Uh, but the short, so the shorter distances, we can use this small one and we can, if we need to get into tight stuff, we use a small one. But then I, I find I quickly upgraded a year or two later in the beginning of my uh, business, eight years ago, I got the dual wheel wheelbarrow and it's got metal handles. So it's, it's actually almost the same weight, um, as, as the smaller one, because this, you know, it, the, the smaller one had a metal, has a metal, um, <laughs> a metal bucket or whatever too, a metal tub, which is a whole nother thing too, because you're always going to scratch it with the pitchfork and the shove, all this stuff. So it ends up rusting all up inside and, Man, you know, you live and learn all these things. So the the new one that I got many years ago, the up, the, the next one that I got, the dual wheel, had a plastic or poly um, 
bathtub. I, I, I think that's kind of like the go-to thing now is the big plastic one is, especially when you get it real big, right? Because then it's going to be even heavier if it's metal. So the fact that it's plastic, it's lighter weight, it's more durable because it's plastic, it's the scratches aren't going to rust and so on. Um, but the frame is metal. So that's really where the weight comes from. But again, it's not all that heavy compared to the overall size of it. Not until you put all the mulch in it is it heavy, but it, it, it's a lot bigger, so it holds a lot more mulch, and it's two wheels, so it just supports the weight more evenly, distributes it more evenly, and you don't have to worry about it tipping over. With the one wheel, you're constantly trying to balance it, so when you got a lot of mulch, if you just overflow the thing because you're trying to save trips or whatever, and, and it's downhill or a straight shot, so it doesn't really matter as much. Now you have to balance all that weight. You know, if you have to turn or any kind of incline, you know, any kind of lean or something, like you're like, oh. And then when you set it down, you got to make sure you set it in the right angle so it doesn't, you don't know, set it down, walk away, and just poof, just tips over, and all the mulch goes in the grass. That's a nightmare. Uh, that's happened one too many times for me. That's for sure. Um, so again, the dual wheel stops that. You can literally use it not not when there's mulch in it and you can't necessarily use one hand but when it's empty and you're going back to the pile or back to the truck or whatever you can just grab it with one hand i i actually something else another little tip or whatever technique i i actually um pull it behind me you know i i grab i have it like on the outside of me you know i'm grabbing the um the outside handle so that the other side is further away from me so it's almost basically right next to me and i'm just walking forward and while I'm pulling it instead of pushing it back just especially when you're going up a hill that's so much easier than pushing it back up a hill you're just walking up and I'm just holding it with one hand because it's got two wheels so it's balancing itself and anything to save energy honestly you need to reduce the fatigue on your body so that you can get through the job because mulch is labor intensive I said that at the top of the show uh, anything you can do to reduce the strain the better off you'll be, especially by Friday, right? If you know, you know. Um, so those, th those, those, those are my things. Those are my tips. Let me see. Is there any anything else that I missed? Let me check my uh, mental notes here. Oh, I think I was kind of saying some some do nots. Don't um don't mulch in the rain. I mean, I'm sure most people don't want to do anything in the rain, uh, mowing in the rain or whatever. Uh, but especially mulch for two reasons. One, it becomes a disgusting wet mess, right? If, if you're using dyed mulch, that is. If you're doing like double shredded mulch, like that super fine mulched up stuff that's super cheap and a lot of people want that for whatever reason, it's basically just like dirt and it breaks down like so fast and it looks like you didn't even have mulch after a couple of months, you know, but whatever. Some people, that's just what they want. You can't convince them otherwise, but the dyed mulch it's supposed to be safe, it's supposed to be like food coloring based dye, or at least where I get the mulch, you know, it's supposed to be safe um, for the environment, safe for your dog. If they just randomly eat, you know, a chunk of mulch, you know how that goes. If you know, you know, oh man, to the dog lovers out there. Um, but if you get the dyed mulch, it, it looks nicer and it lasts longer and it's a little bit thicker shredded trunks chunks. It's still shredded, but it's not as finely shredded. So it kind of creates a better cover. Um, but the point is it's dyed. So when it gets wet, it, the dye starts to come off all over you <laughs> and all over anything else. So if you accidentally do spill a little bit on the walkway or the driveway or the street um, or someone steps or whatever, then it kind of stains that spot if it's all wet. Uh, so you, again, you really want to avoid it. And what's even worse than that, if there could be anything worse than that, 
if it's raining and you when you put the mulch down and, and and if it's currently raining or it rains immediately after so like if you know it's going to rain like that afternoon don't put mulch down in the morning or if you know it's going to downpour that night don't put mulch down that day because what's going to happen is that it hasn't had time every time you disrupt the mulch like you you know you, you stir the pile you you, you uh, scoop the pile whatever it kind of almost reactivates like the dye like it's you know kind of gets dried but what's underneath is still moist you know the, the top layer dries from the sun and the air and just sitting there and the bottom layer when you dig into it is still moist so when you turn it over by default by scooping it and whatever and things are falling or whatever it it, it, it it's wet it's it's still wet it gets everything wet again um, so it needs to just stay. If you, if you're no, if you ever, if you've done mulch before, which I'm assuming everyone's listening to this has done mulch before, but so this might be redundant, but you know that when, when you have a pile sitting there, like that top layer gets kind of hard and crispy and, and it looks different. It's like a little bit more of a, it looks dry. It's a little bit less vibrant or dark, rich of a brown or a black, which is fine. That's, that's, that's how it's going to look. But then as soon as you start scooping it and everything that now it's all, wet looking for lack of another term a better term and it's a darker richer color of black or brown uh so you need it to sit wherever you know when you spread the mulch and the mulch beds you need it to sit there for a length of time uh, you know mulch yards will say different things 12 to 24 hours whatever you just need it to sit i mean to, to me have it sit as long as possible right but unfortunately when you got to get it done you got to get done and when it's going to rain it's going to rain but when, when you see in the don't plan like be be control what you can control. You can't control a random, unpredicted rainstorm. But when when you know it's going to rain, when you see in the forecast it's going to rain, when you can see that it's cloudy and it feels like it's going to rain, don't say, "Hey, let me just put down some mulch real quick," because then what's going to happen is it's going to rain and all the dye is going to start running off, and you're going to have a whole bunch of faded mulch chips. It's just going to be the bare, you know, light brown you know, chunks of mulch, you know, all, all over the place. And it, it looks awful. It, it looks like the old mulch that, that you supposedly just covered with fresh mulch. And, you know, you're going to get callbacks. We're going to be upset. Now you have to waste time and money getting more mulch out there and top dressing the mulch you just put down. So don't do that. That's double work. That's bad customer service. That's, that's not focusing on the details. That's, you know, again, sometimes you can't prevent it if you're really booked and you're trying to get everything done and a random storm came out of nowhere, but don't, you know, don't plan to work in the rain with mulch or right before the rain. You need to have time for it to settle and you don't want to make a big mess. So I think that's the final thing there. The final tip looks like we're going to be going over an hour once we uh, throw in a couple of um, value um, mentions. Um, but, uh, Hopefully there's some good value. I know I remember one of the one of Caleb Almonds from the Kid Contractor um, podcast. One of his first episodes, or in the first couple months, or whatever, when he was started his podcast, he had an infamous episode that I remember that I I, I think a lot of people enjoyed it, but I got a lot of value out of it. And he was giving himself a lot of slack for dedicating like a whole hour episode or whatever it was talking about mulch. He was like, "Man, I can't believe we just talked for almost an hour about mulch." <laughs> But, you know, he gave a lot of value. Brittany was on there, too. The two of them went back and forth, added a lot of value about mulch. Clearly, he's experienced and had a lot of great feedback. 
and tips about mulch. Hopefully I also added some value, some of just my insight and things that I've learned along the way, trials and tribulations. If there's anything you got from it, it's all about details, right? Like the, you, you can take that away for and put that, apply that to anything that we're doing. It's all about details matter. Cause at the end of the day, we're all cutting grass. We're all spreading mulch. We're all trimming bushes. We're all putting down the same pre-emergent, the same type of fertilizer, the same type of selective herbicide to kill weeds and not grass. Like we're all doing the same stuff. So where is it different? Price, obviously, but are we just going to be Walmart and try and be the cheapest person? Or are we going to focus on the details or are we going to charge more? Or let me, or are we going to focus on the details so we can charge more because people can see our value? So focus on the details so you can charge more, be more profitable, separate yourself from the competition, be your only competition and just get out there and crush it guys. Um, hopefully, you know, you can um, use some of that words of advice or wisdom or motivation to get you through your mulch season as you're listening to this and, and start gearing up for mulch. Uh, I know we're kind of early here in Virginia and some other parts of the country and while the rest of you are still covered in snow, but hopefully you will have a good profitable mulch season and I wish you guys all the best and thanks for listening as always. And thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And I will see you guys on the next episode. This is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.